Welcome to the Joy Factory, where we explore the art of happiness at work. I'm Susan DeFazio, your host and founder of Be Future Ready Today, where we develop toolkits that simplify our world of work and empower the how for happier and healthier outcomes so that people and businesses can truly thrive. Our podcast guests come from all walks of life, and today we're delighted to welcome back again Dr. Claire Mulligan-Foster. Welcome, Claire. Thanks, Susan. Great to be back. It's it's lovely to have you back. I've been really looking forward to this session. Um, Me too. A little bit about Claire's background. Claire is a chartered psychologist who is passionate about using the science of psychology to help people and organizations understand how to reach their goals. Claire specializes in diversity and inclusion, neuroscience at work, and how this impacts our decision-making, work relationships, and leadership behaviors which is ideal because in this episode of The Joy Factory, Claire and I are going to be chatting about finding our flow and exploring how we can enjoy our personal and professional growth journey. Our main themes that we'll be talking about uh, is about what what does flow mean? Uh, You know, how do we break it down? Uh, Finding how we stretch ourselves and yet stay within that sort of healthy stimulation and stress zone and how leaders can create a positive environment that stimulates growth, but avoids that cognitive overload and in the extreme sort of leading to burnout. But first, uh, I'd like to start our conversation off by asking you, Claire, I know we've explored what joy means to you. So I thought perhaps we could think about what does happiness through finding your flow at work mean to you personally? Um, what does it mean to me personally? Okay, so I think for me it's about um, you know my my sort of career development really, and in being able to focus on areas that I enjoy about my work and being consciously aware that I'm doing things that I enjoy. I know that that might sound strange, but I, I take quite a bit of time in planning my work and reflected on my work and. I try and sort of craft it a bit. So I, I try and, you know, ensure that I'm doing the things that I enjoy, that I'm also developing in line with my profession. So all of that sort of being really conscious about what I want to do, what I want to achieve and planning for it. It allows me to be clear about when I'm doing the work, why I'm doing it and have a motivation to focus on it. So that bit of work I do um, in sort of planning helps me, realize why this is important and helps me get on with the work and helps me be focused on it and do that deep work that I need and and by reflecting on it I realize well what have I achieved and how am I growing so that brings me a level of satisfaction because I feel I'm developing and brings me that sort of happiness because I love my work so I I really love and I'm really proud to do the work I do and I'm really proud of the sort of things I've achieved so it allows me to tap into that. I think, um, yeah, absolutely. It makes perfect sense to me. And I think, you know, often I I really like the fact that you're uh, very deliberate and very conscious, you consciously apply and think, take the time to think about 
um, really what you love, um, but also where you can um, stimulate and, and grow as an individual, as a, as a professional. And I think oftentimes we're so busy doing the doing mm. that we don't take that time to sit back and plan and be conscious. And I think, you know, to your point, I know when I feel sort of railroaded into something and I'm not enjoying it, that's where I get quite overwhelmed and stressed. Um, so how, how often do you do that, Claire? Do you do you have a sort of a regular thing where you say, oh, I do this once every three months or is it not as as sort of structured as that? Oh, it's, yeah, no, I'm very structured with it. Um, and I talk a lot about reflective practice. So, yeah, we're getting into it now, Susan, with this quite um, straight away. So I talk <laughs> yeah. about this a lot in my leadership programs um, and my coaching with people, that the, how important reflective practice is. Because without that, we can just feel the busyness of work takes over yeah. and we kind of keep reacting to things. So without that sort of little stopgap in our day or our week to say, what am I doing? What have I done? What needs to be done? Where do I need help? What have I learned? You know, without taking just space to do that, we keep reacting, I feel. And yeah. I would do once a week, I sit down and I normally do it, I normally do it sort of maybe a Friday afternoon, often a Saturday morning, because that's, that's the time that suits me. So mm -hmm. when I say to people to do their reflective practice, often people think, oh, this is, you know, I've got to meditate or I've got to, you know, write loads of journaling. And it, it's what works for you. That work, I think I mentioned this last time, maybe that might work for some people. I quite like sitting down with my notebook and I just reflect and think, what did I do for myself? And I think, what did I do for myself personally? Because we'll talk about that today, hopefully, that, you know, what, you know, our well-being or work-life balance. And for me, as a psychologist, I have to be very aware of my fitness to practice. So I do that, you know, how am I feeling? What what have I done for myself? What about my own well-being? And then I thought, think about what have I achieved this week? Because I obviously want to put that positive messages in my brain. And then I talk about what do I need to understand? What, what was my challenges? What's the areas I need to focus on? And then I talk about where do I need support? And then I look forward and what am I expecting? And you might notice there, there's a little acronym, which is PAUSE. And I work through that P-A-U-S-E. And, and that's my little reflective tool I use. Um, and I, I think, what have I got planned for next week or what next month? And I, I block my diary with the work I need to do. So I think, all oh, I need to say, I need to prep for this podcast. I'll put a couple of hours in to think, think about what you're going to talk about, maybe re revise something. And I'll block out my time. So it means when I'm coming to it, I'm not just reacting to this to-do list. I'm, I've actually planned my time. Um, I also do other things. Obviously, I do supervision. I do some free writing time. Okay. Um, which I, if you know, if I'm, if I'm doing some research or, I'm, you know, I'm thinking about blogs, I'll do some free writing. I schedule that in. Um, but I always do that reflective practice. And I would encourage anyone to do that, no matter what role you do. And I, I and I, whether it's each day some people like to do it you know each day spend a few minutes some people like to do it you know in the mornings maybe take a bit of chance for reflect on their you know what's coming up for them i think find what works for you there's loads of models about reflective practice um and some people do journaling and some people will do you know they'll go for the walks and think about it, it, it there's no sort of 
this is the yeah. best way. Um, yeah, no hard yeah. and fast yeah. rule. I suppose it's finding your groove, but I, I, I can really... Um, I can really relate to what you're saying. You know, since we started doing the the, the Joy Factory podcast and really focusing on these things, um, talking to, to to many people, but but in particular you, Claire. I know I've um, worked in things into my daily and weekly habits that I would say have been game changers for me. Mm. And I think um, you. Oftentimes, I liked what you said about you, you, the busyness of work. Mm. Um, and one of the other things that I picked up on what you just said there just now, and I, I kind of took it as a little bit of a mental note to self to say, you really need to get better at this. And that is, where do I need help? I'm not particularly yeah. good at asking for help or seeking help. I always think I've got to sort of do it all myself. Um, and that's not... Uh, realistic, is it? Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I love that. And I love the pause. We'll come back to that, I think, um, because it's so important with flow. Um, what, what do you, as we move into the, the topic itself, what do you see as being the main uh, facets or components of flow? Yeah, so the, um, the concept of flow um, and it was developed by a researcher, and I, I was going to share his name. I'm just going to put the warning. I may not pronounce it properly because <laughs> it's a little challenging name. So if I get it wrong, and people may be able to correct me, but um, Mihai Cheek sent me. I even said it wrong there. Cheek sent Mihai is his surname. Okay. It's a difficult name to say, um, but he he came up with this concept about flow, and it's where you're immersed in an activity. Um, that creates that needs some it needs some focus and it's something that's going to challenge you and it's going to push your skills so if we're doing activities that um are not challenging us enough then you know we may get a bit bored or right. if they're too difficult we may feel anxious Right. And I think it's a nice one to do because sometimes when we're doing activities, we can get that level of anxiety and we think, oh, this feels overwhelming. And it's like, well, how can I think about this in a different way? Like, you know, and that's maybe where it would reach out and think, actually, that's why I need support. Um, right. And it's it's actually realising why that feels anxious because it feels overwhelming. and um, Or sometimes when we feel God, the day's dragging. It's because maybe we're not really being pushing ourselves, you know. And and it's that state. And sometimes when we're in flow, we feel that we're engaged. We're not noticing time. We're not noticing, you know, distractions. It's easier. We feel engaged. And that engagement then, when we reflect on it, when we realise, we feel that was, you know, I enjoyed that. I That felt good. It gives us that reward of I feel good about that and we feel quite motivated. We feel like we've actually developed a bit. So that's where it links to the sort of motivation and happiness and contentment feeling at work because we feel like we've done something and we feel like we've achieved something. So flow is that state where you feel you're engaged and you're having to focus because it is pushing you a bit but not too much that it feels that it's overwhelming. So I bet, um, I, I think, going back to something you said earlier about your sort of this, your reflective practice, but also being really deliberate about um, what you want to achieve. You use the word crafting 
Um, And I think I really like that because knowing how to push yourself out of your comfort zone uh, and the difference between sort of creating an overly anxious state and that state where you can really you're you're not you're out your comfort zone but it's something that you're really enjoying as opposed to um it's overwhelming that must really relate to being very clear on what what your purpose is and where you want to grow am i do i understand that correctly claire yeah, so the, where that links to my reflective practice um, is when I reflect on what have I done and what have I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And enjoyment doesn't mean it's easy. Enjoyment means, oh, I felt good about that or I feel that, you know, I, I maybe I got good feedback or maybe I felt really engaged in that. It's allowing me to realise actually I enjoy those aspects of my work and I don't – I maybe I feel – some of the other areas, maybe I'm getting a bit bored by, you know, maybe I've done it too much. Maybe they're not engaged me. So it allows me to think, well, I'm going to do more of what I know makes me feel more engaged when I feel like I get in that flow state where I feel that, you know, I am being able to challenge myself. I'm able to be really engaged with it. So it allows me then to craft my career. Now I, I have a little bit of a privilege. I'm self-employed. Um, mostly I have a couple of roles that with organizations, but I can then maybe you know, direct what work I want to do. And, and you know, when I'm working with potential clients, talk about the work I do in a way that links maybe to the stuff I want to do. And and that's, you know, in organisations, we, when we talk about crafting, we do get people to work through this sort of process of when they feel in flow, what they feel they, they enjoy most. And then when they're putting themselves forward for projects or um, maybe, you know, there's areas of work and there's departments they want to engage with. They, they can understand why they want to do it and they can communicate that message more clearly or they can volunteer for projects. So when we talk about crafting, that's what it means. It's kind of knowing yourself, knowing what you feel engaged with, knowing what motivates you. And then you can, you know, put your hand up for those pieces of work or those projects or, um, you know, whether it's you want a more experience with leading people, you can maybe volunteer to do mentoring, that sort of thing. You know, it's it, yes. you can start crafting it a little bit more. Um, it's not that we can get rid of everything that's not engaging, but it's recognising how to manage those areas of your work, I think, as well. Well, I think the other thing is, is that... Um, Sometimes, you know, we can focus on our strengths, which I think I'm a big advocate of that. But also, I think being um, truly honest with ourselves about the areas that we may shy away from, but perhaps are still crucial to helping us um, grow um, either personal is also important. You know, I'll give, um, I'll use myself as an example. So uh, this is many, many years ago, but technology used to sort of really freak me out. You know, I'd be like, oh no, I can't do that. And almost like in a blind panic sort of shut down. But now because I'm working for myself, I don't have the luxury of, you know, asking somebody to help me or do it for me. And pushing myself into areas um, 
from a technology point of view that I, you know, years ago, I would have thought, oh, completely beyond me. But that sense of satisfaction of knowing that actually it's not a weakness, it's uh, it's just applying myself and giving myself the the space and the time to uh, and the environment to really make myself grow. Does does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And and one of the things that's part of flow is having clear goals. Because, And I think what you said there, understanding why you need to do things, even though they may feel a bit challenging. Um, If we have clear goals, it it makes it easier to focus on why we need to do this. And that helps us get into that flow state because we understand the why. So -hmm. that's definitely one aspect of it that we need that clarity of goals. Now, we also need feedback on it. Um, and so whether we provide that element of feedback ourselves, which I do through my reflective practice, or we get it through the people we work with, or we acknowledge the goal has been reached. So you're giving mm-hmm. yourself that target and that feedback. So there's some of the things that you, you highlighted there. Um, and I think that helps us with areas that may not be you know, in line with our full career meaning, but they're things we have to do. So, mm-hmm. you know, we have to fill in, you know, Excel spreadsheets for something at some point of our life. And if we don't like doing it, it's like, well, how do we focus on that? And it's knowing, well, why is this important? What's this going to achieve? And and as you said, then creating the right space for it. Um, the multitasking that we often do, we think, oh, I'm going to do my emails and I'm going to do this and I'm going to fill in that form. And, I'm, you know, we, we, that, that multitasking is, is quite stressful for, for our brains. And, um, you yes. know, flipping between tasks. And, and I think what you explained there about creating that space is so important that we can focus, that we can create the right environment for getting into a place where we can focus. And removing distractions is essential for it. Um, and that's part of that planning of your time is, you know, thinking, what time do I need to do this or when am I going to do this? And if it's a more of an admin task and you think, well, I'm not the most productive first thing in the morning. So I'm going to spend an hour each morning on my admin work or my emails. And, and one of the things I get a lot in my coaching is people feel they just spend their day responding to emails and it's. You know, and I always say, you know, can you create just times in your day where you look at emails? Because the the work we're meant to do, the strategic work, the, you know, forward thinking work, the creative work needs this space, as you say, to work in. And if we don't create that space, we'll end the week thinking, I haven't done that again. I haven't, you know, I haven't done that project work. I haven't done that report. And then we become quite stressed. So... The planning of time and allowing your time, allowing some space for that deep work, that focus work. And remember, you can't do focus work for eight hours a day. So it might be when's those blocks of time that I need to do it. And if the things that you know are a little bit challenging to you saying, you know, and it could be I've got to write that Excel spreadsheet and I'm not great at Excel. So I need to go back over my notes and I need to like allow yourself that time and distraction free because then you'll get through it and you'll be more engaged you may not get into a flow state you may not feel fully engaged but it then creates more time for you to get on with the work that you need to do i always it's interesting there's two things i mean just picking up um i'll come back to the multitasking thing in a moment but i i do almost like um uh, deals with myself so i'll give you an example say it's my 
uh, tax return, right? Um, I absolutely loathe doing it. I know what to do. I know how to do it, but I loathe it. And so I'll say to myself, okay, there's a couple of hours or however long I think it's going to take. And then as a reward for that, you can either, you'll either if it's a piece of work or if it's a piece of, you know, personal pleasure, that's my reward. And I, I, I sort of give myself that pat on the back as I, as I finish it. And so you're almost conditioning your brain to know that, yeah, okay, this isn't the best thing in the world for me, but it is a, it is a hygiene factor. I need to do it and then reward yourself with something that actually, truly you can lose yourself in. Um, is, is one thought. The, the other thing is with, you talked about multitasking and it, it's something, maybe not suddenly dawned on me, but do you think that multitasking is in some ways glorified? You know, look how clever I am. I can do several things at once because I feel like we're all, people think that multitasking is, is a good thing. And I, I personally don't, but I, I'm interested in your thoughts. Yeah, there's a few things you said. So first of all, the multitasking, I absolutely agree with you. I think it's the busyness of work is has been something we need to challenge. And I often challenge it when people say, are you busy? Because it's a sign of success. I often meet other people and I'll say, how's work? And they'll say, oh, it's great. I'm so busy. And it's kind of this... I'm successful, I'm busy, I'm needed, I'm busy. Mm -hmm. And, and mm -hmm. often I challenge it when people said, are you busy? I said, well, my time is adequately filled. And I, you know, I sounded like a bit of an idiot, I realized, but I actually <laughs> just wanted to challenge that, yeah. that concept of busyness was successful because actually my sign of success in my work is having some free time and yes. not feeling I have to work all the hours and not feeling I'm overwhelmed because I plan my work well and I don't want to feel overwhelmed. I don't want to feel like there's too much work to get in the week because I know that's stressful for me. So the multitasking, like answering your emails in a meeting while reading a report, like it's it, it's oh, I find it quite overwhelming. I find it so stressful to think about doing all those things and. Um, and it links back to what you were saying about the rewards. So um, there's a f there's a few elements to what you said. So there's there's techniques where we we do reward our focus work. I don't know whether you've, if you come across. I'm sure you have, Susan. The Pomodoro technique. Oh no, I'm not sure I have. Oh, it's so it's, it's a great technique, and um, I use it a lot in in my work. So it's it's. A theory that you know we can do focus time for a short period of time and then we get a reward so there's there's loads of pomodoro ah. um, apps and, and some of them will actually switch off your like notifications while you're in the focus time so it's 25 minute blocks and then after the 25 minutes your phone or computer will, will beep and say now take a five minute rest and that rest or recovery actually is is about re allowing the cognitive recovery so we take you know we stretch we maybe stand up from the desk we you know and not and often people use it to look at instagram or twitter like don't do that like use it just to have that breather mm -hmm. and then you go back and do another 25 minutes after four pomodoros you do a 30 minute break and that's when you're meant to go for a walk or you know again take some rest and it's a great technique 
Um, part of my work is I work with um, universities, you know, lecturing, and I often share it for, with students for study techniques, but I also use it in my day, you know, especially the work I might find challenging, which I know I'm more like to get distracted because it's a little bit, you know, pushing my skills. And it's one of those where the anxiety might lead me to feel like I'm just going to pick up my phone and look at Instagram. So I want to break that. And then, or sometimes when it's work that, it needs that focus and then I'll do like a, a Pomodoro day. And I think it's a really great tool to use. And it's that linking to what you said before about getting that reward. Yes. Um, and when we look at practices and the theories and the research about flow um, and the sort of good practice about it, it is that recommendation of having a reward for your focus time and that balance of work and life you know fitting in the things that are important to you maybe is going for the walk or um i know one of the books we both enjoyed um the japanese one and again oh, it's yes. one of those, ikigai yes ikigai. well I, I say ikigai but you you recommended it and i just oh gosh it's one of the best things i've ever read thank I you know. <laughs> and i i would recommend maybe you can put it in the link after this um yeah and they talk about the having – maybe I should introduce the book. So it's about um, – it's a study well, – I'm trying to think where to – it's a study about um, sort of finding meaning, isn't it? So it's the, the yes. word is actually yes. – um, it's the word actually means about the happiness. What does it mean about the happiness of being busy? It says and, um, it's the reason for being, I think. Yeah. It, it, it is, which I think is great. <laughs> it's so good, isn't it? And it's yeah. studying the reason for sort of longevity of life in Japanese. Mm. And they study a different, there's five blue zones where people tend to live longer, but this one focuses on, on this Japanese culture. And they bring in aspects into their day such as mindful walking or they there's a lot of people that do gardening and but they also take time for tea you know and, and there's that yes. sort of Japanese culture of tea and part of this is like they're you know they they take even these moments are in flow they engage with the moment and that's one of the things I talk a lot with people that we when we're multitasking when we're busy 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 mm-hmm. we're constantly thinking oh I need to leave the house in five minutes right I need to you know throw down this cup of tea and I need to pack the bag and I, I need to, you know, make a sandwich. And, you know, and it actually, sometimes it's no quicker than just have the cup of tea. Exactly. And then, Sit down. <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, think, right, you know, think about now I'm going to drive here and, and just be in the moment for these micro activities. And it, in, even in that book, they talk example of Bill Gates who, he talks about doing the, the his dishes each night. I don't know whether he does or not, but they talk about it because it's a mindful moment where focus on that activity. And sometimes, you know, there's loads of examples in that book where they, you know, they enjoy the process of cooking their evening meal or going for their walk. How many times have we thought, I must go for a walk? There's lots of memes about, you know, people talking about going for a walk for their mental health. And I think, they were, you know, post-lockdown, you know, people kind of yeah. find frustration. But actually just... You know, enjoy even if it's a ten minute walk, just be in the moment and and that will be so much more better for you than thinking I need to tick this off. I need to you know, I need to do these next you know, even you know, even if it's unpacking the groceries, like just be in that moment and, and that's the 
that's the opposing part to that multitasking. That's how we overcome it. And if it, for me, for work, it's about planning. Like I diary block everything. Every activity is diary blocked. So I don't go from thinking I've got 10 things to do today. I think, okay, in my diary for an hour I'm doing this, then an hour I'm doing that. And it calms it down because you're not thinking of everything else. If you plan it, plan out what you need to do, then it takes away. Even though you might be really busy in terms of lots to do, you're not busy in every moment. Does that but make you sense? Are, yeah, absolutely. You're so right because I'm trying, I'm working hard at this, you know, so I'm work in progress. But the more deliberate I become about what I do, and it is a mix of things that stretch stretch me, there's routine stuff in there. There's stuff that I don't particularly like, but I have to do. But I've created this, you know, um, more of a, I would say maybe a a rhythm um, that allows me to get really immersed in the stuff. And so what I found was I was sort of jumping from different things to, you know, back and forward, back and forward. And the anxiety and what I would do was sort of my head first into a bucket of, you know, chocolate swiss rolls or whatever. Or at the end of the evening, it'd be like, oh, I need a glass of wine or whatever. And actually, since I've started being more deliberate and more conscious about what I need to do and what I enjoy doing, I actually find I don't need those things in the same way. You know, for example, just coming before we uh, came on to do uh, today's recording, um, I had 15, no, that's a lie. I had 25 minutes and I thought, I could dive into that. I'm doing a webinar uh, next week. I could dive into preparing the, the visuals for that. And I thought, no, go through. And I just went through into another room and I just sat down and, you know, really just sat quietly, closed my eyes and thought, and, and it was amazing. I felt so restored after yeah. it, clear, you know. And so, I, you know, I know for listeners, they may think, well, that's okay. You know, I can't, I can't achieve that in my work. I'm working for a boss or whatever. It probably brings me on to a question that I have about, you know, how do leaders create that kind of positive environment that that helps others? I mean, they have to help themselves, you know, notwithstanding. Of course they do. But if they are responsible for teams, um, how do they how do they create that have you got any sort of you know words of wisdom around that what do you see yeah. in your day-to-day practice yeah well i think um yeah i think that there's lots people can do um and i want to pick up on one of the things you said there before we came into this chat mm-hmm. you took the 20 minutes and you went and sat somewhere else and not away from the computer and i think that's part of you know, understanding how we work is where is the best place. So sometimes, you know, I think a lot of leaders are trying to understand this sort of hybrid approach to work. And it's, and it's you know, rather than saying, oh, you, you know, you have to be here or you have to be here so many days, it's actually thinking what's the tasks that person yes. needs to do. And I'm not sure every company is going to have that flexibility, but like you said, go into sit somewhere else, you know, and I do that. My reflective practice, I never do in my office. I, you know, I, I sit downstairs and do it. My free writing, I sit in a different place in the house and do it. I, so, and, and I have spaces that sort of suit what I know works for me, do you know? Mm-hmm, and, um, mm-hmm. 
so sometimes we talk about thinking about where you need to do the work away from distractions or and and so for some people they say oh i'm really productive when i go and sit in a cafe and work because even though there's noise it's not it's like a background noise and they're not there with all the distractions of home some people can work really well at home some people need the office and it's thinking about that flexibility and lots of modern offices will have quieter zones as well as open spaces and places people will work independently or work in a team so thinking about that and obviously to suit the different needs the diversity of needs that people may have but also for the work they need and encourage the planning of work so there's a a matrix the eisenhower matrix which is really good and i know some companies actually use it as part of their culture where we look at work that whether it's important or urgent and it's a really good um sort of framework to use it's a quadrant where you think about the work and there's loads of stuff online so i do recommend if people want to use it it's really really useful and people use okay. it find it really good so that's a great tip although so leaders can also help people to think about well you know what work is it that you need to do to meet your objectives so what's the work that's going to be keep developing you so be really clear about what's you know what skills and competencies and areas they need to develop set the objectives help them understand but the objectives need to be clear so not too big so it's not okay. like you know by the end of this year we need to do such a thing and it's like that's the overall goal but how do we break it down into something that's more achievable so it might be you know yeah you've got to write a 30 page report that feels quite overwhelming but actually how could we do that in stages so break down the goals and create opportunities for feedback because that helps right. people focus on the steps um and so people need to know where they're going and how to do it because mm -hmm. remember we're talking about stretching skills and competencies so they need to understand what is being stretched and why and why is it important and then create the space free from distractions really um and i even like simple things like rules around emails put a rule in that we don't have to answer emails within the day you know whatever scale it can be some companies have brought in things like where no emails can should be sent on a friday or no meetings on a friday afternoon or like create this space in your organization where people can get a little bit more reflective do a little bit more deep work without feeling like i need to be on emails if you put a rule in no emails i know some companies have done it no emails like like and lunch times or friday afternoons so to create a bit of space for people so there are things they can do I think I think um, that is fascinating because the other thing is, I, you know, there's, you can put rules in, I get that. But I think as a leader, perhaps with your team or your co-workers or whatever the dynamics are, um, I love how you've talked about, you know, the, the why, the where, the how and breaking it down. But the, the important thing is here is this, what does space mean to you yeah. um, for an individual? Because your space, your definition of space or mine could be different from, you know, Jim or Bob's or yeah. Lucy's or whatever. But being really, rather than putting a rule-based thing, it's just sort of almost like coming to kind of a team um, agreement about, okay, this is how we'll create space for each other and yeah. being quite explicit. I mean, what, what are your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, it's I, I'm I'm smiling as I'm listening to because it's a word I overuse, and sometimes right. I hear myself in workshops saying I've said the word space thirty three times here. You know, <laughs> so um, I recognize I, and space. I think I think exactly as you said, Susan. It, it depends what it means to you, and is it physical space? Is it space in your day? Is it mm-hmm. creating some space in your mind? And and it's you know I think multitasking creates that busyness that we just can't have time to think. Um, space in the day where we're just you know we're so busy and we've not feel like we've got a moment just to fit in something we need to do or is it physical space where works for you and and you know where do you need to be and and we we have this flexibility in the way we work post pandemic you know especially like it's one of the you know the few good things that have come from it that people are a bit more open to this and recognizing actually I, i can work at home um, or I, you know, I enjoy have the balance of working in the office or at home. Or, and not everyone has that choice, depend on their work. But, you know, yeah, I think it's different for everyone. And but, but flow can, uh, flow is not. Uh, and I'm picking up on something I think you you you've said to me earlier, and that is. It flow is in our everyday lives. It's not just about work, isn't is it? it, it yeah. It's it's how we create flow in the activities that we do that nobody's paying us for necessarily. It's it's our it's our it's our sense of fulfillment or being. Yes, yes, and it's. I think it's a again a nice reflection for people to think about that when we're and work is busy and stressful for so many people and you know we're, we're talking about some ways of bringing flow into your work through planning and being more reflective and understanding meanings feedback but what often happens is we find it easier to get into flow at work and there's there's lots of studies done about you know when people feel in work and it's much higher when sorry when people feel at flow it's much higher at work and it's much higher for uh. we found even for managers and leaders and you know so what happens is people do their work and they get home and they're so keen to get back home that it's like oh thank god i'm home and now i'm gonna i'm gonna relax and i'm I'm gonna put on the tv and we're all prone to the you know the the binge watching and the the lazy program and but we don't even though we feel we might enjoy it sometimes then when we've watched maybe the third episode we're starting to feel a bit frustrated or maybe a bit bored or we go to bed and we think oh god i don't feel i did everything i want to do and we get a bit frustrated and it's it's this sort of we're more sort of there's a bit of apathy in our leisure time and what can happen then because we're getting that satisfaction or that reward from that engagement with our work when we feel like yes i am you know i'm striving or i'm thriving in work i'm building my skills i'm feeling those rewards we end up doing more work Ah. So this is why sometimes it's easy to pick up the laptop and think, I'm just going to do a few emails. I'm going to ah. do a little bit. And so the balance is not something that just happens. We talk about work-life balance. And obviously it's more challenge if you are working at home as well to, to, to really get those sort of boundaries clear. It's actually thinking about what is it you want to do for yourself and, and being focused on that so this is what i was talking before about being that sort of mindful about your activities your recovery your the things that you want to do so whether it's thinking you know i want to do some gardening or i want to go for a walk 
allow the time and be quite mindful about it um, and get that aspect of flow into that. Be engaged, think I want to go for this walk. I know it'll make me feel good. I want to, you know, get some vitamin D, you know, and, and, and enjoy yeah. it. Um, because what's happening is we're not feeling that we're developing ourselves in our leisure time, in our free time. So we end up being just you know, well, I'll just watch TV or I'll end up doing work. So think about what you want to develop for yourself in your own life. And, and as I, I asked at the beginning about my own reflection, that's why I always start with personal. I think, what did I do for myself? And it might be, you know, God, you know, I did a crossword this week or a, a puzzle or I did a bit of gardening. It doesn't have to be, you know, I'm not going to be doing amazing things, but it's like, what hobbies did I enjoy? And yeah, but it's what made you fulfilled, though, isn't yes. it? I mean, really, at the end of the day, they can be small, medium, or big. It's 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 as long as it creates meaning for you as an individual, yeah. and you feel that you've had the time and you've done it. That is is joyful. I mean, that to me is finding. But as you know, I so relate to what you're saying about this apathy around our leisure time because it's not just about oh I need to go to the gym and you know when you talked about going for a walk I must go for a walk I think we've um a, a word came to mind it was strolling you know you, people mm. used to go for a stroll yeah. um and that is that feels as if it's sort of not got much purpose but isn't that not quite nice actually that you're just strolling and you're just finding a flow in that. So I think this whole thing about being as deliberate about what brings you meaning professionally and personally is something, it's like you have to create a real real balance in your life to, to achieve flow in both. Absolutely. Is what I'm hearing. Yeah. yeah. I, think it's a, I think it's a lovely reflection because we can nearly feel like we're wasting our, our, our precious, you know, free time. Um, And also we can feel like it's a bit of a chore to do some of these other activities. But if you can think about what do I feel when I'm doing this, how am I enjoying it and and get that. So that reflection, so it becomes easier to do and you know why you're doing it. And then we're fitting in that objective. We're not thinking, oh, I have to do this. It's like, oh, I'm going, you know, I'm getting to go for a walk and I know that this make I really enjoy it. And not to feel guilty about it, not to feel, oh, I must get back and do this. Just think I'm going to give myself 30 minutes and that's okay. I don't have to worry about work for this time. Um, oh, yeah. And it's even the thinking, are you going to go and cook your evening meal? And it may be just something you're going to spend 10, 15 minutes on, but enjoy those 10 15 minutes as opposed to think it's a distraction and that that's that the book we were talking about that's what they talk about you know it's it's a full life but it doesn't have to feel overwhelming yeah and the busyness we think about is always what's next even if it's the next 10 minutes the next 15 minutes it's nearly you know it's it's just allowing yourself to be in that space and enjoy the walk uh, yeah, enjoy it. Well, you know, it's there's so many things going round in my head in a good way. But one of the things that I, I'm very conscious of is that, well, first of all, I always enjoy talking to you. I could talk to you for hours and hours and hours. And I knew I was looking forward to, to this particular topic because I'm so interested in it. But when I look at the length of time we've been chatting, we could, ch- we could double our time. But I, it means that I'm really 
in flow as I'm talking to yeah. you. But as I think about sort of, you know, as we as we wind down, there's so many good things. You've talked about the Pandora technique. You've talked about Eisenhower's matrix. Um, you've talked about crafting, uh, being conscious and deliberate. I think deliberate was maybe my word, but you talked about being really conscious and applying that that time and thought into the things that really kind of where you're going to stretch yourself, where you're going to grow. Um, the other thing that you I heard you saying was, you know, be really clear on your goals and understand uh, what it is you're trying to achieve. Um Multitasking is sort of the enemy of flow, really. Um, which, and actually, in the Ikigai book that you recommended, Claire, there was something that really jumped out at me, and it said that studies have shown that multitasking lowers our productivity by at least sixty percent and our IQ by more than 10 points. And that kind of blew me away. But anyway, so multitasking. But one of the things I want to come back to, and I don't want to lose it before before we have to wind up, but you talked about this model pause. And I really love the sound of it. Would you mind going through pause for us again, for the listeners, and so that we can learn from that? Yeah, of course. And... And this is just um, something I've created. So I I just want to give the one that this is just how I've developed it for myself. There's so many models out there for reflective practice that, you know, I do recommend people have a look. So this Mm -hmm. is mine. And And the reason as well for sharing it is that you can devise how you want to do. So you could just do what went well, what needs to improve. Okay. So it can can be as simple as as you want. I just created this because I wanted something. um, I think it was when I was feeling a bit stressed and I thought I need to focus on my own well-being first. And I thought, right, that's going to be my reflection each week. What have I done for myself? So what's my personal? And I just reflect, you know, I think, you know, did I enjoy? What did I enjoy? So things like going for my walks, maybe doing my exercise classes, you know, maybe eating well, maybe allowing a bit more time, sleep. So the good habits. And I recognize then what feels good and it becomes easier for me to implement them. So I always start, what what did I do for myself personally? Um, and that's my well-being thing. And then I talk about what did I achieve? And last time we talked a lot about sort of that gratitude and that positive thinking. So for me, that's part of that. What did I do well? What did I achieve this week? And it might be, well, you know, I recorded a podcast and I enjoyed it and we can be a bit nervous about doing podcasts and I've achieved it. And that's, you know, so I'll, you know, I'll put that in my brain and think, well, I won't be as nervous next time. And I have that then, that positive, um, positive reflection. So I think, but what did I achieve? And then I do what about understand. So rather than saying, what didn't I do well? I say, what do I need to understand? So they, so it's just my sort of positive way of putting it. What do I need to understand better, really? So, mm-hmm. and that's my way of thinking, well, I need to research a little bit more on that. Or, you know, I got asked that and I wasn't sure. Or I had to do that Excel spreadsheet and I didn't really enjoy it. So I need to read a bit more about that. So that's kind of my, what do I need to do? Mm-hmm. Um, and then support what support ah. do I need and it could be you know I need to ask my husband to help with something or I need to reach out to one of my peers or friends to ask their advice or 
you know, oh, I need IT help. And you were talking before about mm -hmm. thinking we have to do everything, especially self-employed. Like, what support do I need? And then I talk about what am I excited about? And ah. again, it's my optimism. It's what am I expecting or what am I excited about? Um, so what's coming up? And that's when I do my planning for the next week or two and think, right, what projects are coming? I need to allocate time. I look at my diary and I think, oh, I've got that day free or I've got, you know, I've got to put time in to do this work and that that's my process i go through now i also do do reflective stuff which i have to do for my profession but that's what i kind of do for my weekly review and planning and it works well i love that and i love the i love it all but this a uh, picking up on this understand rather than sort of saying what did i not do well because it's so we, it's so easy to spend our time in the negative you know sort of that um never feeling quite good enough or achieving enough or whatever but understanding what needs to be what you need to do not need to do better but understand better i think is a lovely way of framing it yeah and i'm a bit of an optimist so i my my reflection is going to be more optimist like that's right. the way i would talk and that's the way i think and that's what i'm saying it may not suit everyone but um i think create something for yourself that you enjoy um for me that that's very authentic to the way i think and it suits my reflective work and i quite enjoy it you know and i, I just go through that and it's it's a nice process i have you know I, I just feel good about doing it and i think that's what it needs to be i know other people will go for a walk and they like just think it out i like to write it down um mm. It, and again, that works for me. But there, there's lots of reflective models that are you know, really established in theory. And that, that's just the one I've developed for myself in terms of my reflection on the week. Um, I love but yeah, it. feel free to use it. <laughs> I, I, I will do. I will do. I absolutely love it. And I cannot believe that we've been talking for nearly, what, 50 minutes? I mean, is there anything that you would like to add that you feel we just haven't said i mean this is such a massive subject we could it is we, we could probably do a part two you know but yeah, um it's is there anything you could leave us with or yeah i'm thinking exactly what you're saying i think that i'm hoping i've done justice to the concept of flow because it's such a big area and there's there's loads of guides on you know these areas that you should you can do to help you get in flow or things that you can think about so i would just recommend maybe you know people can read there is the book on flow which is but you know, there's loads on the internet like have a google um and you know have a read around it because it's a it's a it's a lovely theory and it's it's used so much i think for work now but also because of the way we're working and the sort of lines are so blurred with work and life, I think it's more important that we do think about this for our personal life and um, and just that, you know, we, yeah. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. You know, it, I, I, you know, I, I, you're very generous in, 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 in saying, you know, that there's so many uh, different places you can look and learn. The internet's full of things. But I have to tell you, Claire, that I, and I am naturally drawn to the, these kind of subjects, that, you know, positive psychology and all that sort of stuff. But it was your recommendation on Ikigai, and I, I will put it in the, the show notes, that 
I singularly, this was the best thing. And it's not necessarily a book that's all about flow. It's more about uh, uh, how to live mm. your life. It's about meaning. It's about insights into longevity and mental health, good mental uh, health and well-being and so on. And I, to me, this should be standard reading in our yeah. education systems, actually. You know, um, and so I want to thank you for that. But I think you're right. So, there's so many places you go, but any any listener um, who wants to find out more, uh, a jumping off point, I think, is that book. I think, yeah. you know, uh, Ikigai, I think it was um, amazing. It's beautiful. Oh. It's an absolute beautiful book. And, you know, I think about some of the tips on there. And I, I mentioned before about, you know, the sort of Japanese sort of culture, the tea mm -hmm. um, ceremony. And I think, you know, that's something we can bring in. Have your 10 minutes break pour yourself a cup of tea and just enjoy it or coffee or whatever it may be but you know i sometimes do that just sit and enjoy the cup of yeah, tea yeah. um and especially because of this nicer weather you know we can sit in the garden yes. hopefully and have our cup of tea but just creating micro moments of this sort of mindful practice i think that but i love the book absolutely it's it's a, it's beautiful it really is so i do recommend it and it's a lovely read oh yeah absolutely yeah it's a lovely read well i'll tell you um Oh, you've just come up with another term that I love, micro moments. Mm. Oh, Claire, um, we need to think about our next topic and um, and, and plan that in, in, in several weeks' time because I could go on and on. And I really want to thank you for just sharing your very, very, well, your expertise, but you do it in such a way that is so easy to listen to, so easy to understand. Sometimes I think... Uh, when when people become expert in their their field, it, it can become it it, it 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 seems very complicated. Yeah. And I know you've studied long and hard, but what you do, one of your biggest strengths, I think, is that you are really able to distill these big topics down into something that's really relatable, easy to understand, and actually practical that you can, you know, that I, I am going to borrow your pause <laughs> framework because I, I love it, you know, so I want to thank you. Yeah, you've made my day with that because one of my values and my, you know, key things about my profession is that to share this world of psychology in a way that people can use it. And um, so it's yeah. made my day that you've, you've been able to to pick up on that and i really appreciate it well you you are achieving that in buckets and spades i mean honestly i could uh, uh, you know honestly i can't i don't have the words to tell you i think uh, i think you're doing a wonderful job Thank and you. anybody that works with you professionally is lucky to have you clear i really i really mean that so um well, thank you very much. I'm going to I'm going to close it out there, and it's just been an absolute joy. Thank you for creating this space for it, Susan. Appreciate it. You're absolutely welcome. Yet again, I thoroughly enjoyed my conversation with Claire. What I particularly love is that Claire is able to take her deep expertise and make it relatable with easy tips that we can all build into our everyday lives. So thank you, Claire. 
Please join us on the next episode of The Joy Factory, where I'll be chatting with our next guest and discovering their thoughts about how we connect and create happiness for ourselves and others. 